everyone, it's Shelly. Before we begin today's episode, we want to take a moment to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. We say movement intentionally because that's what it is. It's not a trend or something we can just stop talking about after a few weeks. Fari and I both acknowledge our privilege and our responsibility to be more than just not racist. We need to be anti-racist and encourage you all to do the same. There's no excuse to not be informed. After all, Google is free. Now let's all agree to get out there and do the work. Hustler, go-getter, boss babe. These are all terms we've seen used to define ambitious women who go after their goals. Maybe you're killing it at your career, or at a side hustle, or at home raising a family, or all three. As women who self-identify or have been labeled by others as hustlers, what's that like? Faria and I are here to discuss how we deal with the daily grind of both our careers and our other ambitions and side hustles. And just to clarify, we don't mean hustlers like the J-Lo movie where they scammed Wall Street executives for their money during the 2008 recession, even though that was a pretty amazing movie. (laughs) Please enjoy the fifth episode of Vulnerable Views, How to Hustle, Dealing with the Daily Grind. And that was a really good movie. I saw it in theaters and I was just like, oh my god, J-Lo, I love you. I know. (laughs) J-Lo is pretty amazing. Did you see the whole pole dance sequence yeah that was impressive a lot of core muscle a lot of like yeah I don't think I would be able to do it so I'm very impressed by her and she's like what is she in her 50s now I think yeah it's pretty impressive she looked amazing and I was watching the behind the scenes she posted on her YouTube of like the three months of training that she did someone came to her house actually brought a pole set it up in her living room and she's like practicing and I was like I have tried it it is hard you need a lot of muscles in a lot of areas that I thought did not need muscles. Um. (laughs) No, that makes sense. I know there's like classes you can take. So I've thought about trying one before just for fun, but have yet to do that. Still on my bucket list, I guess. (laughs) You should. They're pretty pretty fun. So to describe our hustles a little bit, I work full time in digital marketing. That is my day job and I love it so much. On the side, I co-host and produce Vulnerable Views, manage and create through my own brand, Following Fario, which is primarily on Instagram, and I have a blog that I have not updated as frequently, so mostly the Instagram thing, and that encompasses mental health, dance, and storytelling. So I'm either doing work for my full-time or work for that or trying to live the other parts of my life. What about you? Mm -hmm. I feel like we're kind of similar with, I also have my own brand Shelly Ray, Ray's my middle name for those of you who don't know. Um, and yeah, that's also mostly Instagram for me, but I also have a blog that I've been lately I've been trying to write more posts. It's difficult to kind of keep that up in a steady routine of as far as how often I post, but I have a blog, I have my Instagram, and then more recently, I think we talked about this in the last episode, I've started posting on TikTok as well. So I kind of feel like that's become another platform that I use and Yeah, I mostly talk about mental health and personal development, feminism, those kind of topics. And and then my day job is I work in childcare. So I am a preschool teacher. But right now, since our school is closed, I'm basically a full time nanny. So I'm working with one family nannying during the week. So and then of course, this podcast is also part of my hustle. So producing this podcast and working on the social media and all of that for 
vulnerable views. That's a lot. Yeah, I know. I feel like when we're when we both describe what we do, I'm like, oh, we we both do a lot actually. <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna ask you, how long have you been like? When did you start your Instagram and your your whole following Faria brand? So it was in two. I have to remember 2017 and. At the time, I was living at my parents' house. I graduated from college, and of all the places I could have gotten a job, it was in my hometown in Texas, which is a small town in Texas. And I was like, really? Of every place? Because um, I, I did not want to be there. And so I was just in a kind of a rough situation. I think I've talked about how my um, home environment is a little difficult. So being back in there, and there's a whole long backstory about why I was living there, but was a little challenging and so it actually it's funny it goes it goes back to this thing about what you can control and what you can't control right at the time I couldn't control my living situation I couldn't control where my job was and where I had to work but I could control what I was putting out into the world and what I was doing about how I was feeling and I just about the year prior to that so like 2016-2017 I had become super involved in mental health awareness I was helping launch a online digital community website for specifically South Asian mental health awareness and just kind of wanted to do something on my own. And I was like, Instagram is cool. I post all these pictures, but maybe I could do a little bit more. So yeah, I changed my personal Instagram to like a business account and then just started incorporating longer captions about mental health awareness and what I was feeling and sharing and connecting with others. And it was a, a slow growth, but that's been there for three years. And I started the blog almost three years. And I started the blog last year. Um, but I actually hate my Instagram name. Fun fact. Oh, really? Because I just feel like it sounds very conceited. Like, you're following Faria. Follow her. Faria. Her. Like, it I has this, like... Oh, that's good to hear. No, because I feel like it has this, like, me, 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 me connotation. And... I hate that, but mm. it's my brand. Uh, and I've tried to at least take it in the sense of, especially when it really started to bother me, I kind of reframed it as it's more of like I'm an avenue to hopefully connect people to others and yeah, important topics and not just, that's why I don't post like, oh my God, here's my skincare routine. I mean, I'll do if that's like needed or if I feel like that's important yeah. in the time, but that's not, not to bash on anyone else, but that's not like my brand or aesthetic yeah I feel like we're kind of similar with our Instagrams where like I also don't do much with beauty or fashion type of stuff not that yeah again it's like I'm not judging anyone who does that or not but I feel I do feel like you and I are both more passionate about mental health advocacy and being kind of more genuine I think on social media which is yeah I remember being kind of the same as what you're talking about where yeah back when I started my I guess second Instagram account I was kind of you have two yeah, I have two. Yeah, so I just, I guess when I wanted to start an Instagram, I for some reason didn't even think about the idea of just changing my personal one into into a a brand Instagram. I just wanted, actually, now that I'm thinking back on it, I when I first started my 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 blog Instagram, I guess I I did kind of think of it as just this is going to be an Instagram account for blogging and f- like for sharing my posts and things like that, and then I'm going to keep my personal one like very separate, which. I still kind of do, and I kind of like yeah. that I have it separate. But I think that's a good idea. I know yeah, a lot of people who keep them separate. Yeah. It's kind of – I don't know. I think I go back and forth because sometimes it is annoying when I'm like – or it it is even kind of similar to what you're talking about where I'm like – I don't know why for some reason sometimes I feel like is it like full of myself to have two – and like I'm like all my friends need to follow my two Instagram accounts. <laughs> like it's – you know, <laughs> like – and then now actually three because we have vulnerable views Instagram, you know. Um, Every single but, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, follow me here, here, and here. Um, <laughs> but – oh, no. I was going to say when I first started that Instagram, I was kind of hesitant to 
I think when I started it, I mostly posted photos of like things around Austin. Like I kind of want, I was going to keep it more like Austin based. Um, and I've kind of changed that over the years. I mean, I still talk about Austin a lot, but it was mostly just, yeah, like pictures of, um, different things around Austin or like food. I did a lot of food at first because that was kind of what was popular at the time, I think. And then over time, I've kind of changed it more into being more focused on me, but still like kind of like what you said, like trying to just promote certain things that I think a lot of people can relate to. So it's not just like all about me. <laughs> I wanted to know what um, made you start like, because you started, you start with the Instagram first or the blog first? Uh, the blog. Yeah, I've actually, okay. my blog's been around for a long time. Um, and it's kind of changed over the years. So I, I originally started my blog back in 2014, actually, when I was studying abroad in Spain. And it was very much just like, to talk about my study abroad trip, basically, I was like, oh, this will be cool for like my family and friends to be able to read what I'm doing. So it started out as more of a travel blog, I guess. And then I took a few years off from blogging. And then when I started it up again, it was kind of actually very similar to what you described where I was I was living at home too, actually. I had, I had graduated from college. I hadn't gotten a full-time job yet. So I was living at home just because I was like, obviously couldn't afford to get my own apartment if I didn't have a job. Um, and I was like job searching and interviewing and all that. And I started writing blog posts again to kind of talk about post-grad life, I guess. And that was 2015. And yeah, so I would say from 2015 to now. So wow, that's been five years, but it's been kind of on and off where I'll go through phase it like a few months or even a year sometimes where I barely blog at all. And then I'll, you know, so I would say probably the past three years I've been blogging pretty consistently. So I guess I started it just to, I realized that I really enjoyed blogging when I was studying abroad, but I was like, there's so many other topics I would want to talk about. And so I kind of wanted to just, like, I think the first post I wrote was just talking about like, how I was feeling really sad about how I hadn't gotten a job yet and was just writing about, you know, the struggle to find a job after college, basically. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. So yeah, that was kind of what got me started on like, okay, I'm gonna try to write about things that I feel like other people can relate to. So I can definitely relate to what you were talking about too, of like not necessarily being in the place you were wanting to be and like finding a way to translate that onto like writing posts about it or making Instagram posts too. So, and then I think my Instagram started in, it was either 2016 or 2017. Um, the Shelly Ray one? Because you had your yeah. personal, right? Yeah, I had my personal one since like, yeah, college or something. Um, but I didn't post on that one that much. And then I started the Shelly Ray Instagram. I think it was 2016. Like, yeah, 2016. But again, it was kind of similar to my blog. Where it was very inconsistent. And I would go like six months to a year of like not really posting very much. And so again, I feel like it's probably been the past couple of years that I've actually been trying to make it into more of a brand on Instagram. So Faria, you mentioned you were working with the mental health organization, and then you had a full-time job in your hometown, and then you had started your Instagram. Was that all you were focusing on at the time, or did you have kind of other things going on? Yeah, so it was those three, and then I was the editor for an online magazine. I was very, I was very busy, and I kept it so because... So at the time to cope with my mental health issues, I worked a lot. So I worked a like nine to five marketing job. And then after that, I would go straight to one of the two kind of side projects. So then I would work like six to 10, six to 11 on those. So I was just constantly working. And I remember, wow. yeah, it was very... It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And it was not the best coping strategy. It was the best at the time. And it wasn't very... 
it's funny, it wasn't healthy, but I don't honestly think I realized it until I kind of moved out of that situation. I was kind of getting enough sleep. I mean, on some days I wasn't, you know, I was eating enough, like all that. It wasn't like this huge downward spiral. I was also getting a lot of um, credit and a lot of positive words. Like, oh my God, Faria does all these things. Or Faria is doing this and blah, blah, blah. And as I've talked about in the episode on trauma, I do correlate self-worth with productivity or really used to. So all that just kind of fed like, I'm valuable, I'm enough, I have meaning, I'm doing good work. And so I did that all the time. And I think because of that, I wasn't fully able to address my mental health issues as well as really think about like quality of life and like what was making me happy, right? I was working all the time and I loved the change I was making and I love the friends. Like I established a lot of friendships through both those organizations, but I don't, I I wasn't truly happy. And I didn't realize that until, because when I moved to Austin and got another job, I quit both of those or I scaled back my involvement on both of those projects to really focus on like building a life and healing and doing or finding out what made me happy, which was a discovery on its own. And I didn't realize I didn't even know that I just spent my whole life working and I think doing what other people wanted me to do and not really thinking about what I wanted and what would make me happy. And now I'm actually able to hustle and do the grind in more of a healthy way, I feel like. Like, I feel my self-worth. Like, I'm worth the struggle. I'm worth the challenge. I'm worth making mistakes and being able to bounce back from that. I don't always have to be doing something to be valuable. Hustling can be, like, working till 12, 11 last night to try to get this technical stuff. But it can also be spending two hours watching the new Netflix comedy Lovebirds because that looks hilarious. I started it this morning. And I'm going to put two hours to just do that because that makes me happy. And it doesn't have to change the world. Did you ever have moments like that where you felt like you were defined by your hustle? Because that's how I would say my two years were. Yeah, I think I can definitely relate to a lot of what you are talking about. Um, I definitely have struggled with kind of that thing that we that you were talking about it with like feeling like if someone asks you to do something you have to do it or yeah I've definitely had those moments of like double booking myself or just looking at my calendar and being like oh my gosh I, I don't actually have the mental capacity to be doing all these different things but I felt like I had to that's definitely something that I've related to I think I it's interesting because I, I do feel like I can relate to a lot of what a lot of that, what you talked about, but I, I, I don't it think I ever, like, it sounds yeah. like you were healthier than I was, which is good. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think for me, I almost, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was healthier than you because I think that I, I think that in some ways I was as far as like, I didn't necessarily have as many different hustles going on with like, like I was never in a place where I was working super late at night on you know, I never had multiple different jobs basically going on or, you know, I think it's interesting for me, I almost sometimes would do the opposite where I would like, I knew that my blog and Instagram and all that really was a passion of mine and made me happy. But sometimes I would almost neglect that side of my life where I would just not Mm. do anything. And so yeah, it's interesting. It's almost the opposite where I like, I've gone through phases where I was almost doing not enough, I guess, like, or not, not enough, but like, is it consistent? Like you weren't consistent? with Yeah, I wasn't consistent. Yeah. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, but I think for me, like, I look back on it. And I'm like, I think I definitely went through, I guess, for me with with depression, a lot of times, it comes out in a way of like, 
you know, a lot, a big symptom of depression is like not being interested in things you used to be interested in or something. So I think right. it definitely, yeah, it was like not consistent where I would go through phases where I was like blogging really consistently and like all the time, you know, and posting a lot on Instagram and doing all that. And then I would go through phases where I was like, just went totally dark on social basically. And just, you know, um, but I think as far as like kind of burning myself out or, or over, over committing, I guess, like we talked about, I think I almost did that more with social things of like, I didn't necessarily fill my time or fill my calendar with multiple different jobs or different, you know, volunteer things like you did. But it was like, I would fill my time with a lot of social things like trying to, you know, anytime a friend asked me to hang out, I'd be like, yes, I'll do it. And, and I real and I did have to come to this realization at one point of like, sometimes I just need time for myself and I just need time to be at home and just watch TV or whatever. And so I had to kind of scale back almost more on a social it was almost like I was like I don't know if a social hustle is a thing or if that makes sense but it was like I was like trying to have all these different friendships and all these different like um social obligations and like going out to bars a lot or going to out to eat a lot or whatever it was and like yeah I actually read a blog post about it a few years ago where I talked about how it's okay to say no sometimes and even if it's something that's like um, which is, yeah, it's so important, but so important. Yeah. I just feel like, like kind of relating back to what you were talking about earlier, it was like, I felt like, I almost felt like my self-worth was coming from whether or not I said yes to certain things mm-hmm. from a social perspective. Like I, I, I do remember having this out, this outlook, which was obviously not healthy where I was like, if I say no to going and doing this thing with my friends, then what if they don't like me as much anymore but if they think I'm being lame because I'm not going out with them even though I'm just really tired and I don't feel like going out and like yeah I was almost like burning myself out on a social and yeah and then what started to happen was like if I was doing if I was being too social then I would like not have the energy to do my hobbies or my you know my passions like writing a blog post I would just be like you know when I had free time I was like I just want to lay on the couch and watch tv and do nothing else which is fine obviously but so yeah, so it is interesting. I think we had kind of different, some different experiences, but I feel like we both, we were experiencing some di- some similar emotions and like mm-hmm. behaviors just in different ways. listeners running out of things to do during quarantine we wanted to tell you about this cool game called we're not really strangers this is a card game that encourages deep conversations between players and it's one that faria and i recently played on an instagram live whether you're getting to know someone new or you want to strengthen an existing relationship this game is a fun way to make that happen check them out on instagram at we're not really strangers With TikTok, I have found it does take or it can take up a lot of my time um, and I kind of have to be able to have my own like time management skills as far as like if I do have a goal of wanting to film a few TikTok videos, you know, figuring out how long is that going to take me and, you know, when do I want to film those and um, it kind of it kind of becomes a sort of like self accountability type of thing, I think, where I'm like figuring out kind of. Um, 
yeah, just having to time manage my own time. And I think I think that's the same with Instagram and and blogging as well as try to schedule out time for myself of like, okay, on this day, I want to try to write a blog post or I want to film this many TikTok videos. I know it takes me about this long to film them and to edit them and all that. So I think, yeah, it's interesting with, with, I think both of our kind of hustles and things that we do on the side is like a lot of having to figure out for ourselves, like how long is this going to take and Mm -hmm. how do we stay accountable to work for ourselves, but also for I guess for our followers too. Um, yeah, I'm curious how you, do you have certain tactics or certain things that help you with time management, with staying accountable? Because I know that's been a, that's been kind of a struggle for me over the years of figuring out what works best, I guess. Yeah, and I think you definitely have to kind of like see what will work best for you, right? First off on the TikTok videos, I that is literally the reason why I haven't been that invested in TikTok. Like I had this idea I was going to make all these videos, but I, it takes a lot of time. I could Tons. barely get like, two out with minimal editing and and that's where I was like okay I'm just I'm gonna put this on the side (laughs) because with our talk about um in the trauma episode like I haven't been doing a lot of projects during the pandemic I've been doing some more me time Mm -hmm. so I realized I said to myself I don't have enough time for this so I don't want to put time in this right now so I will set it on the side but yeah accountability is a big thing because in the hustle in the daily grind you have to be accountable, right? You have to have good time management skills in order to produce and like also live your best life. When I was uh, hustling very hard and not really taking the best care of myself, as I would say that refer to that time period as, I use Google Calendar, which is very convenient. And a lot of people I know use Google Calendar and I still do, like I'll get calendar invites for things, but I stop using it for my personal stuff or like my initiative. Like I'll accept an invite if someone gives it to me because that's how they schedule their stuff. But I switched from Google Calendar to like a physical written planner. And that's because I found myself, like I think I mentioned, I found myself double or triple booking myself a lot. And so having a written planner, taking that second to actually write it out, gives me a second to do like a quick mental check of do I really have the time to do this this week? Mm-hmm. Um, and not just even like physical time, like do I have the hours, but do I have the emotional bandwidth, uh, the mental bandwidth to take on something like this? I've also, coming from a place where I said yes to everything, I've also thought a lot about what actually, like what do I actually want to do? And also holding myself accountable to those promises. Because one thing when you're doing one job and two side jobs and you're spreading yourself so thin is that you don't do your best in all those areas, right? Because you're spread too thin. So I have a planner and I write everything in there. And one thing that's also changed is I write the me time, the things that whether it's going for a run or it's you're going to do a face mask and watch a movie on Netflix, like things that I didn't value before because I didn't value myself, Mm -hmm. I write in there now. And that's really helped me balance out my life. Yeah, no, I think I have also found it's like physically writing things down is really helpful. I think, I don't know what, I'm curious what the psychology behind that is. I'm sure there's something of like your brain seeing something written down is, I don't know, but I I definitely agree with what you're saying. I, I I don't necessarily have like a super heavy duty planner, but I definitely will try to write. I've started like writing out, um, yeah, schedules for myself for the day or like, and I, I've started doing the same thing you talked about of like, writing out the me time too I think Mm -hmm. it is really interesting I think I never used to do that either but I think just seeing that in there of like okay I'm gonna work you know I'm gonna work on vulnerable views and do these things but then from this time to this time I'm going to just relax and or watch tv or go on a walk or something I think 
I think that is really helpful to like kind of realize that me time is really and I'm curious what like what do you think was that kind of what do you think caused that kind of flip or switch in your brain where you were like like you said you kind of more recently have started being able to say no to things when you realize you don't have the bandwidth from for them I don't know if that's like if you're able to even pinpoint like what changed but yeah no I I'm definitely able to pinpoint it it is it is difficult for me to talk about um because as a kid of immigrants, when your parents have done so much for you, it's hard to admit to the things that weren't good. But unfortunately, there were things about my household that weren't good and still weren't good uh, even after college. So I never really thought about, um, and I don't want to say it was a consequence directly. Obviously, people are different um, and people react to things differently. But I just never had a lot of self-worth or a lot of value in myself. And so when I was able to move out and become financially independent and have my space and have a plan... It was a huge life change for me. Um, it was interesting because I moved to Austin where I'd lived before and I moved for a job and I've worked before. So those weren't the life changes. The life changes were me actually being able to take charge of my life for the first time ever. And so I started making a lot of changes. I started doing things that made me happy. I realized uh, the struggle of living alone, right? That's its own thing. Um, being alone, you confront a lot of your demons. So through that, I had a lot of growth through some life experiences uh, that occurred during that time, I had a lot of growth. So it was in there that I realized, like, I came out here to, I, I think it was, I came out here to live my best life, and then I realized I was working all the time. And I just looked at where I was putting my hours and what was making me happy and, like, what I wanted out of life. Like, I wanted to pursue more dance. I wanted to start dating and try to meet someone. So I decided to scale back on those and decided to, I think it came from a combination of having the free time to pursue my the things I wanted and to pursue therapy. So I started going to therapy more regularly for the first time in like 10 years. Uh, and I think that really helped me see that I had been using work as an unhealthy coping mechanism and that it was possible to produce and create while also making time for myself and learning to love myself. I think to pinpoint it in one sentence, uh, the journey towards self-love is really what changed because when I started yeah. to love and value my time, I realized it didn't always need to be doing things for other people or even having an output. No, that makes sense. That I think, sense. yeah, no, that's awesome. I, th I definitely can relate to a lot of that. And I think... Yeah, I do feel like therapy can be really helpful to, yeah, have those realizations because obviously therapy is kind of focused on talking about yourself and focusing on yourself. So it's like, I think a lot of people probably have that experience of when they start going to therapy and they're like really reflecting on their life or and just, and you're focusing on yourself and you're like, oh, yeah, maybe some of these things are not healthy coping mechanisms or, you know. It's interesting. I think I, I feel like I had a similar experience, but it, for me, it was, um, it was with, um, uh, when I went through a few different breakups, um, I think it was kind of what you're describing of like, um, living alone, but it's, it's was similar. Like when I first moved out and lived alone, I was in a relationship. And so I was able to still be, I wasn't spending that much time alone. You know what I mean? Like I was like spending a lot of time with my boyfriend. And then when we broke up, which was, yeah, this was back in 20. 17. Um, I, I think when I was like single for the first time in a few years, I was like, you kind of are forced to focus on yourself and forced to focus on your own, on self-love like you're talking about. And I think I kind of had this realization of like, oh, I've, I was definitely not focused on myself during that relationship. And like, 
that was nothing to do with him. It was like all about me and how I kind of, it's almost like what you're describing with how you would just focus on working a lot to kind of distract. Right. Like I was just like, I didn't see myself and my own needs as important. I just only wanted to focus on the other person. And I kind mm-hmm. of, and th- and therapy helped me with that too, talking about my relationship and therapy. And I realized like, oh, wow, I, do- I have not been valuing my own, you know, valuing myself or my own, yeah, my own self-worth or my own, yeah, self-love at all. Like I just was kind of distracting myself by just focusing on what does the other person want and how do I make them happy? And um, so, yeah, it was definitely an interesting, I feel like a similar experience for me where when I was single for the first time, I was like, oh, now I'm kind of forced to focus on self-love and figure out mm-hmm. what makes me happy outside from a relationship and like how finding new hobbies and finding new, I don't know. So I think it is something that a lot of people go through in through different life changes, like yeah, moving or living on your own or going through a breakup or something, I think it can really like force you to focus on yourself more if you haven't been doing that in the past. Hi guys, enjoying our podcast? Then you might enjoy another one. We wanted to recommend a podcast we've recently discovered called The Happiness Lab. This podcast is by Yale professor Dr. Lori Santos, and it dives deep into the science behind happiness and how we can use that to be happier in our own lives. We're already on episode four and we love it. Check it out and let us know what you think. You can reach out to us on Instagram at vulnerableviews, or you can send us an email at vulnerableviewspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. I think one thing that would be really helpful for our listeners is like tools that uh, we use to organize. Mm-hmm. So like for the blog or for the blog, for the podcast, we use Asana, which is a free project management tool. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other like tangible things that help you stay on track? Do you like write stuff down? Do you do little voice memos, to-do lists? I do. Yeah, I definitely do a lot of to-do lists. Um, I've, yeah, I feel like I've been a fan of to-do lists for a long time. I think there's, for some reason, I just find something very satisfying about um, crossing things off my list. So a lot of times I will write it out. I'll just have a yeah a physical to-do list. Sometimes I'll make it on my phone or something or on the computer. But um, I like something where I'm able to visually see when I have completed it. <laughs> so like, a, yeah, like a sauna is great that we use with our for our podcast because we can, yeah, like for all the social media posts, I'm able to be like, okay, we posted that, check that off the list. Like, So yeah, definitely a big fan of to-do lists and... I definitely, yeah, I'm kind of someone that I'll have like, yeah, whenever I have an idea or something where I'll, I'll think of like an idea for a blog post or for a um, an Instagram post or something, I do kind of have like a, a running list or a notes either in my phone or on an actual piece of paper or on my computer. And like I use Google Drive a lot, I think, to like, um, I mean, we, we use that for our podcast too, but I, I use that mm-hmm. for personally for my blog and everything too, where I'll have like different documents where I keep like a running list of topics or ideas to write about or different, yeah, different photos or things that I want to use for my Instagram or, um, yeah. So it's definitely, I do find it helpful to physically write something down. And so I feel like, yeah, for me, it's kind of a mixture of like 
writing things down on like a piece of paper or something and then like also obviously using technology and <laughs> um, the technology that we have I think is you know it's helpful and um, technology is so helpful I mean even just recording this podcast right like yeah we wouldn't have been able to do it remotely that's without. true we're using like multiple different technology platforms yeah. to make this happen so <laughs> yeah and there's just so many tools out there that we use right whether it's notes whether it's technology there's a lot that goes behind the scenes and similarly when you are hustling or working on the grind, there is a lot that is behind that blog post or that Instagram post or whatever you're trying to do. So what do you what do you feel like are some things people don't see as part of that hustle? For me, something I've realized is that, you know, I think your your goals and just your overall vision and kind of, um, I guess, priorities or motivations behind your hustles can change a lot um, over the year, especially for you know, I think you and I both have have been doing various forms of our hustles, you know, blogging, Instagram, all of that for multiple years now, at least. So I think, so yeah, so I've had to realize that I have to constantly be evolving and changing and reevaluating what's important to me. So I think um, one example of that is um, over the years, I've realized that being vulnerable and really opening up about personal topics has become much more important to me than it used to be. So, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I originally started my blog as just a way to talk about studying abroad and talk about travel. And then, you know, when I compare that to now where my blog is much more about uh, mental health and personal development, personal growth, um, I think one thing that people don't realize about hustling is just like, obviously your priorities and your goals are not going to stay the same over the years. And so you have to be kind of constantly reevaluating things. And just, I think, I think it kind of goes back to what we talked about with focusing on yourself and, and just realizing like, okay, is this, is what I'm doing still making me happy? And is the, is the content that I'm producing still making me happy and and is it still focused on what I want to be talking about and so I think yeah like for me I've realized I want to be more vulnerable I want to talk about more topics around mental health and around my own experiences and um so yeah just kind of learning to be flexible and that it's okay if if certain things with your hustle change over the years I think obviously nobody is meant to stay the exact same for you know who I was in 20 14 when I originally started blogging about my study abroad experience is very different than who I am today so what about you do you have anything that you feel like you think people need to know or people or people might not realize about what goes into your hustle yeah I would say I mean I definitely hear you about the goal things I think what I thought I was going to do and kind of a little bit of what my vision was has changed drastically since 2017 because I think the world changes and it's just like you know our brand's brands and companies on a larger scale like there's a saying right you have to adapt with the times you Mm -hmm. can't be stuck in whatever especially with all the platforms we're using like tiktok was not a thing what before 2018 and stuff so video is more of a thing you definitely have to be adaptive and what you want to do and how you want to do it i think for me a huge part of it has been failure um just i think when people see the posts or when i get messages that are like oh my god i love your page i love what you're doing it's just wow like you didn't see all the crap that led up to that um i've definitely made mistakes i've definitely gotten things wrong or not fully understanding something um so lots and lots of mistakes it's a huge process of trial and error i think to get to somewhere there's a saying you're probably going to fail the first time you're probably going to fail the first 10 times or the first 99 times 
But at some point, you'll get it right the hundredth time or whatever. And then after that, you'll just continue to keep getting it right. Yeah. Do you feel like, what do you feel like are some, or is there a, a big lesson that you feel like you've learned in this process? Just because somebody else is doing it doesn't mean you can't. And I will give credit where it's due. That's something Rachel Hollis mentioned um, in one of her books that I've read. She just talks about how just because there's another person out there talking about mental health or activism or makeup or whatever doesn't mean you can't either. No one has a monopoly on things. Mm -hmm. Everyone is unique. So like, even if there is another Pakistani American girl out there talking about mental health, she's still not doing it in the same way I'm doing it because I am different and unique as is she. And we both bring our own things to the table. And I think I had a lot of that. Um, Not necessarily that there were a lot of mental health. There weren't a lot of, I think, South Asian mental health influencers when I started navigating into the space. But as I did, I saw a lot more. And I saw some who I felt like were doing a better job than I was. And I had the thought, well, maybe I shouldn't do this because other people are doing it. And they're maybe doing it better. And it's like, no, you shouldn't let that stop you from doing what you want to do. Like, think about why you're doing this. Why does it make you happy? And also, like, at the end of the day, I was creating positive change, right? Like, the people who follow me, like, maybe don't follow that other person or just haven't, like, you can't stop yourself from doing something just because somebody else is doing it. I think if we did that as a society, we wouldn't have the innovation and the technology uh, that we do today. So that was a really big thing for me. And that's something I always have to think about, especially when I get a little self-conscious or maybe I feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm like, well, I should just, like, stop doing this. It's like, you are making a difference and if it makes you happy and it's something you want to do don't let that of all things stop you yeah I, th- I think of that a lot with like instagram and yeah blogging too i mean there's so many different bloggers out there there's so many different um you know there's now i feel like especially there are so many different women talking about mental health on instagram or talking mm-hmm. about you know or i i thought about that with um TikTok as well. Like when I first got on TikTok, I was kind of like, there just seems like there's so many different creators on there. And it's like, yeah. what what makes me different from any other, you know, white woman on TikTok who's, you know, but I think, but what you said is so true. It's like, and what, you know, what Rachel Hollis says about it too. It's like, you just, yeah, you really can't let that stop you because yeah, every single person is unique and you still have your own unique voice and your own unique stories and perspectives to share and I think there will always be people that will maybe relate to you for whatever reason better than they relate to someone else even if they're talking about similar thing you know I think that's something I've thought of before too where I'm like there's you know there's certain people that I follow on social media that for whatever reason I just feel like I gravitate towards them or I feel like I really Mm -hmm. can relate to what they're talking about and that doesn't mean that other people that talk about the same things are not doing a great job too it's like there's just I feel like there's always going to be certain people that relate better to what you're talking about and so there's yeah there's definitely room for like everyone to everyone who wants to be in the space to be there talking about whatever they're passionate about since you've been doing this for a while i did want to ask what advice do you have for other particularly other young women or women in their late 20s as we Mm self-identify how like what kind of advice would you have for them if they are either working on a hustle or want to start a hustle Yeah, I think as far as if there's any women out there who are wanting to start a hustle, I would say um, if there's something, if there's an idea that you've had for a while or there's something that you've been kind of, it's just been in the back of your mind where you're like, oh, this would be so cool if I could do this. Or, if you know, uh, for me, a good example of that was the idea of a podcast. Like I had 
probably for the past year, maybe even two years, I had had this idea in the back of my head of like, I would love to do a pod, I would love to host a podcast, you know, and it was kind of, it took me so long to actually get it to happen. And I think, you know, part of that was I, I wasn't sure who I would want to co-host with. And, you know, it's so obviously that came together when we, you know, <laughs> when we decided to do it together, which is awesome. But, um, but I think, you know, if, if, if you're out there and you have this idea for this, for something that you want to create or something that you want to do, um, I would, my advice is just to make it happen because I think it's so easy to just hold on to these ideas for so long. And again, it can kind of go back to perfectionism a little bit of like, maybe the reason you're not doing it is because you don't think you're ready yet, or you don't think it's perfect yet or whatever. I think, uh, I remember when I first started blogging, um, I got advice from people about just, you know, you just need to start getting blog posts out there and, you know, um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start posting, you know? So I think, yeah, my, I guess my advice summed up would be what's that one idea that you have in your head that you just keep coming back to and you keep thinking about it. I think if there's something that you've been holding on to for a long time, that probably means that it's really important to you and that it really could be something special. And so I think you just need to go for it and, you know, you'll never reach your dreams or reach your goals if you are always just like pushing aside those ideas that you have. My advice would just be to put in the work. If it's something that you are passionate about and you are wanting to make it happen, you just have to um, prepare to work hard, but obviously not to the detriment of your own mental health. Like we, you know, yeah. like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, you know, you don't want to overwork yourself or burn yourself out, but you also, I think anything that's worth any goal that's worth having is going to take some hard work behind it. So I'm really glad you said that because that's actually kind of the advice that I was going to share. Was oh, sorry. <laughs> anything? No, no, no. I mean, like you, you said it's a good segue. Okay, you didn't good. Exactly, okay. Because well, that anything like um, anything you want, right? It's going to take hard work and it's going to take sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Is my part. Like I remember even today. Um, when it comes to hanging out with friends, I mean, everyone has things, right? Everyone has family, work, obligations. But if you are working in a hustle or you're working on a dream, it may be that you have to miss out on that baby shower or on that girls' night out or on that movie afternoon. Like, to want to get something, you have to give up something. I believe in that. Yeah. And I think we do that in our daily lives with, like, you know, spending time to cook dinner or I'm doing something from a friend, etc. But these hustles to truly get something out of it, like you are going to have to miss some other things. You matter and your dreams matter. And you have to remember how important your dreams are to you and, and your things are to you. And I think you're able, it's possible to do that and to have the other parts of your life. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. One favor that would mean a lot to us. So what really helps podcasts stand out on all the platforms is ratings and reviews. Ratings are really quick and easy. You go and you click the stars. It is literally the click of a button. And if you can do that and give us an honest rating of what you think of the podcast, we would really appreciate that. As well as a review. A review is a little more than a click. It takes about a minute or two to write and then you click but still just like two minutes. So if you love us and you love the podcast or even like it a little bit, we would really appreciate that. 
Thank you guys so much. Stay safe and have a wonderful rest of your day or night. Yeah, thank you guys. Bye. Bye.